What if you graduated college with several hundred thousands of dollars in debt, the contract for the job that you were guaranteed was pulled from you, and you had to revert back to your high school job, which in today's case with our guest, Dr. Jeff Enzelow, was cutting grass just so that your family could survive. In today's episode, we talk about that very scenario, getting into survival mode and overall mindset to not only survive through the hard times, but also thrive. Prepare to be amazed. Let's get into it. Earn, invest, repeat. capitalist. You are addressing the gap between your successful, fulfilling W-2 job and building wealth for your family through real estate investing. You are ready to earn, invest, repeat. Welcome to the W-2 Capitalist Podcast. Now, let's get to work. Here's your host, Jay Helms. What's up, y'all? My name is Jay Helms. I'm the founder and host of this podcast known as the W2 Capitalist. Today, I have a very special guest with us, Dr. Jeff Anzalone. Did I get it right the second time as well? Got it. All right. So Dr. Jeff is a full-time practicing, I'm going to butcher this, periodontist. Is that right? Got it. You're too good. Okay. In the great state of Louisiana, there might be some people who argue about the great, great state point, but you're an author, you're a founder, of debtfreedomdoctor.com, right? Your focus is on helping doctors and other high income professionals create passive income from real estate so that they can stop trading their time for money. So right there, right away, there is a huge correlation of the, the demographics that we both try to serve, right? So that is incredible. Thank you, Doc, for reaching out, coming on the show and welcome to the show. I appreciate it. I'm a, I've told you earlier, new time, new listener, newbie listener, but um, really love what you're doing. Love some of the guests that you've had on the podcast. And, you know, usually my, I have a real small attention span, so I only will listen just to a few episodes, <laughs> just, you know, a few snippets. But you, you've kept me everything that I've listened to thus far. I've, you know, listened the entire thing. So uh, awesome. Doing a great job. And that helps. That helps with the whole algorithm of whatever platform you're on. So thank you for, yep. for doing that. I really do appreciate it. But you, so you're, and and I, I'm in, very interested in talking about this today because the, the, or talking with you today because of what I used to do for a W two. I was in the IT space, and we serve the privately held medical practices. A lot of our clients were physicians. Our main, our main focus was that privately held medical practice, right? Where you have maybe somewhere between five and 10 docs. And, um, these guys, I, I, maybe it was just because I was the it guy, you know, and they, they didn't really see me past that. They didn't know I was doing all this investing and building my portfolio on the side. There were a couple of times when it came up, uh, and it just kind of like, did never even uh, approach the subject. They, I don't know. It was, just, it was almost like, what are the doctors here? You're just the IT guy. You know what I mean? So there's this whole whole thing about I didn't know what I was talking about when I was in the room with them. So I am I am generally interested in today's conversation because I want to know how do you get through to a doctor who doesn't want to invest in real estate, right? Uh, but 
before we get into that, let's talk about where your story starts, right? When did you start investing? How did you get, how did you get started and what kind of, what's your niche focus uh, currently? You want the short or the long version? Let's go with the long version and then we can cut it up to okay. make it as short as we want to. <laughs> well, I, I think before I talk about how or why I got into best investing in real estate, probably should go back just a little bit to just tell you where my mindset and the, the frame of mind I was in before, which I think probably a lot of your listeners, um, high income earners, high stressful job, uh, have a high stressful job, busy professionals are in probably as well. But a couple of weeks before I was getting ready to finish my residency, the the group practice that I was supposed to join here, for whatever reason, they 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 pulled the offer. And for people that go to college, they go to medical school, dental school, law school, whatever, well, you only learn your trade. You don't learn anything about running a business. And so I had no business experience, two-month-old. We'd already bought a house paying interest only because, you know, this was before the 08 crash, real estate crash. So I had a friend that was a banker here and he said, oh, yeah, I know the group of guys that you're going in with. Yeah, we'll, we'll take care of the house for you. That was it. That, that was how you bought a house back then. That was your application process. That was the application process. I just, I just signed my name. Um, so to top it off, I had about $300,000 in student loan debt. Wow. And I think it was really important to look back on that and how I had a very that started the scarcity mindset. Yeah. Fear mindset. Because when you're in school and you know, you're going to come out making decent money, you don't really worry too much about, am I going to be able to pay my student loans or take care of my family? But yeah. when all of a sudden everything is, is removed from you, like you have nothing, you don't know where to go, you know, whatever. So I went into survival mode. So for seven years, I, Network with people. They helped me build my practice. Um, I used to mow yards in high school and college. I started mowing yards again. Wow. As, as a periodontist. Um, so it was a very humbling experience. But I, I was going to say that that has to be humbling to where you just spent $300,000 on school, get out of school, and you're like, okay, in order for my family to survive, I've got to go do what I did as part-time in high school and cut grass, which I used to do as well. Back to the allergy conversation used to kill my allergies. But anyway, <laughs> that had to be humbling. How long did you cut grass until you're like, all right, this enough of this. I'm not doing it anymore. Well, I finished my training in June. So that whole summer, plus the majority of the, the remaining year as I started to build my practice. I still remember that first year I got this frantic call from my wife and, you know, she's pushing our son around who, was, who wasn't even year, a year old at the time, you know, pushing him in the stroller, walking around the neighborhood. Uh, and she's like frantic and I'm thinking something happened to him or whatever. She's like, you're not going to believe what happened. I was like, what? He said, I, I was on the walk and I got home and, and Brooks, that's my son, Brooks started uh, fussing. And I realized he somewhere along that route, he had dropped his pacifier. <laughs> I said, okay, what's, what's the deal with that? She said, well, 
there, I, I can't, there's, there's no way that I can go out and um, we can go buy a new one. So I'm gonna have to go back and look for it. And she found it and boiled it. So, I mean, that's, that was our mindset back then. We were like wow. that. I mean, it, and it, it's pretty sad, you know, because, yeah. you know, you go through all that and then you have stuff like that happen to you. But looking back, it was, you know, probably one of the best things that happened to me because I started my own practice. I learned the business aspect. I didn't have to um, learn it from somebody else who actually that group split up shortly after, after that. So, it, you know, it all, you know, God has a path for us and everything kind of works out for a reason. So uh, I was happy with that. Yeah. And it, it could be that the, um, the writing was on the wall where this, this partnership uh, where you were hoping to start was already dismantling and whatnot. And they probably thought, okay, if we bring this guy in, he's going to get caught up in the mix of it. Let's just pull that offer and deal with everything we got going on here. How, I'm curious, how long did it take you to pay off that 300,000 or are you still paying it off? No, that, that was the seven years uh, okay. that, that we got into the Dave Ramsey mode yep. and, and busted it. So that was from 2005 till 2012-ish. Yeah. Do you still follow Ramsey a good bit? I um not not a good bit. I, you know, every now and then I'll, I'll listen to but but you could you could see how his business is pivoted from get out of debt to he started having people call, okay, Dave, I'm out of debt. Now what? It's now yeah. how to become a millionaire, you know? And so, yeah. uh, so I, I listened to um, a little bit of, of that occasionally, but um, not a whole lot. Yeah. I, I'm a, I have a love hate relationship with that man. He, uh, I think it's his baby steps are great for getting the uh, train back on the tracks. Right. Uh, it did for me. Sounds like it did for you, but he is just so net. He's such a negative person, like with the way he talks and the way he treats his audience and talks about how stupid and dumb and idiotic they are. That just bo it bothers me to the core. I'm like, Dave, what you have such an awesome platform to be able to lift people up. Stop calling them stupid and dumb and idiotic. Anyway, um, you, your, your initial, uh, before we get into that, what do you focus on? I know we're going to talk about some passive investing here in just a little bit, but what do you focus on now? Are you a passive investor or are you a G GP? Or are you looking for syndications or are you doing or fix and flipping? And what do you, what's your focus right now? Well, I think it's really important for people, especially if you're married, even if you're not married to have some sort of goals to guide you. So we knew about uh five or six years ago i was snow skiing fell and you know when you fall you you know how you put your hands down well i, I injured my wrist and that started the process of me thinking okay well this wasn't major but what if it was mm. what i mean the our family is counting on my income and if i can't work and treat patients then there ain't no income coming in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that got me focused on, I know I need to search for additional income, but I didn't really know where to start. So I started reading. I'm an avid reader, started reading, uh, listening to podcasts, networking with people. And I realized that the majority, 90% of the millionaires had real estate in my port in their portfolio. 
and the av- they averaged uh, for the millionaire next door, I believe, three to seven streams of income. Yeah. The only real estate experience I had at that time was my house. And the only stream of income I had coming in, well, I had multiple streams coming in when I was mowing yards, but I quit mowing yards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I started um, looking around. But to get back on the on the the goals part, one of the goals was to not continue to trade time for money, not working more hours, not taking more jobs. So for us to be an active investor, that would have done, I didn't want to be a landlord, neither did my wife. So that helped guide us down eventually the passive route and the fell into crowdfunding. That was real popular back then, 2016, 2017. That's, that's where I started. Um, started with, with patch of land, Familiar with those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then like the, the big player back then was realty shares. Yeah. Yeah. I remember them too. Yeah. Um, lost 50 grand with them. Wow. In a syndication. So that really made me take a step back to, Hey, you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I could have quit, you know, and probably most people would have quit, but I knew with all the reading and all the networking that there, this was going to work. I just had to find out how to do it. And these websites like Fundrise and Roofstock and all these other websites, they, you know, I don't know if this is true or not for them, but for Realty Shares, they claim that they are trying to, they, they get all this, these people coming in and go, Hey, you know, can we put our property on your platform? And I know for a fact that's not the case because I had a, a friend that's a syndicator and he said that, you know, he would get cold calls from these people. Hey, do you have any projects we can put on our site? Mm. But they're flipping it around and saying, oh, you know, we only put the best deals on our site. We go through all <laughs> the properties, you know? Yeah. So at that time, I was putting my trust in a website and you don't know who you're dealing with personally. Yeah. Yeah. So that, um, that was one of the main things that I, that I really learned from that failure was I'm going to learn who I'm working with personally, and I'm really going to learn how they evaluate deals, how they figure it out. So that, that took me about a year or so process before I even started investing again. And then it's sort of, it's sort of snowball because I started my blog debtfreedr.com where I was, putting the information as I was learning it going, okay, well, I think this would be something good for people to learn, you know, cap rates or cash flow or uh, asset class or, or whatever. And that that's when things really started rolling and, uh, and here we are today. Yeah. I, I couldn't echo with you more about you've got to know if you're going to give anybody money or any platform or any entity, you got to know the person uh, that's sponsoring the deal. You need to know how they're going to write. You need to be very comfortable and trust them. And, um, yeah, that's, that's interesting. Interesting fact. Let me, let me ask you about losing the 50,000. How did that feel? Like, where were you financially when all that happened? Um, and, and, uh, how did that feel coming from this, 
experience. And what did you do next? Right. So that you didn't repeat that process. Right. And you kind of flipped that whole thing on its head. So now you're making 50,000 instead of losing it. I, I knew it was coming because we kept getting these emails after realty shares went under another company took it over. So we kept getting these maybe quarterly updates that, you know, Hey, we're trying to do this or we're trying to collect from them, whatever. And, and I could see the writing on the wall. And then eventually gotcha. I just said, you know what, we got the email, all the investors lost their money. So was that your total investment or was that just what you lost? Like you got some of it back. Uh, what that was a total total investment. Yeah. Wow. So every, what you're saying is every investor lost whatever they invested in and yep. ouch, that stinks. That stinks. There is a, there's a lady in my mastermind and uh, she talked about last night, she's been part of a deal and it's not going so well. It's not going so well at all. And it's, it's been going on for a couple of years. And at this point in time, she, she will be excited if they just get their money back. And it's a quite a bit, uh, amount of money. Um, and I feel like we're going to start seeing more of that, uh, coming up. I think there's a lot of, um, and I'm using the word air quotes, uh, syndicators in air quotes, right? I'm going to put air quotes around it. And people who have gotten the bug and they don't know what they're doing, but they're really good salespeople and they can convince the, the folks they know who have money to jump in on this deal because they've made these deals look really good on paper. Uh, but only time is going to tell, right? Only time is going to tell. Um, you mentioned The Millionaire Next Door. Highly recommend that book for those of you listening. If you've never picked that up, pick it up. It is a great great read. Uh, let's talk about, you, you mentioned one income stream. So your wife is not, uh, doesn't work. She's w at home with, uh, you said Brooks. I've, I've two sons. Well, she actually is, uh, works part-time here. She's a hygienist. So okay. she works with me, um, very part-time basis. So the, the majority of, you know, the majority of the income that comes into our family, you know, comes from the, the comes practice. from your office. Yeah. yeah. And, wow. and I got to imagine if you're not able to do things, the hygienists probably aren't as busy as they could be either. Right. right. I mean, they're, they're yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah. relying on her to pay the overhead and employees and everything, I just, that wouldn't happen. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so tell me about what your portfolio looks like today. Uh, you started out, you had a rocky, rocky experience with uh, crowdfunding and, and took some time off and kind of did some more research and due diligence. You eventually pulled the trigger, right? You eventually mustered up the courage and said, hey, I know what I'm doing now. I, I've gotten more, you know, a better foundation from an education standpoint. How did you finally break through with that and say, okay, I'm actually going to invest in this deal, right? And what, is that, what did that deal look like? That's a good question. And actually, it's, it's a good time to talk about that because I just got an email about two weeks ago that that deal, which I believe was the end of 2017, is getting ready to sell. Nice. So going to be uh, getting the investment back plus a profit split. It's been it's been pretty much paying spot on uh, the distribution. So uh, that I, I really started networking a lot, going to events at that time. And I just started, and there were syndicators and investors there. And I just started asking around, like, you know, I would meet somebody, a syndicator, and then I would meet somebody that's invested with them and then other people. And then after a while, the longer that you're in the space, as with anything else, 
you start to hear who to invest with and who to avoid. And the sad part about it is there's a lot of people to avoid. Yeah. I hope people listening, rewind that if you weren't paying attention, there are a lot of people in this business that you need to avoid and you need to do your due diligence on them. If you're going to give them in, if you're going to be a limited partner in any sort of deal, because while you hear them talk about uh, all of their successes on a podcast or on their own YouTube channel or whatnot, chances are they have some skeletons in the closet and you need to be asking around. You need to be talking to some folks who have partnered with them and, and figuring out before, before you do it. And uh, matter of fact, an example, I was just talking about exact same things happening, right? This guy who's, and, and granted too, you gotta, you gotta realize that um, nobody's perfect in syndications, right? You gotta take your wins and losses. It's all a risk, but you should never be upset uh, and this is the point I want to make. You should never be upset at a sponsor if you don't get the returns that you're expecting, right? Because it's on you. It's your money. You're putting it down. Let's, you know, let's take the road of extreme ownership that Jocko Willing talks about. The ownership is on you. If you lose your money or you don't get the returns you're expecting, it's because you didn't do the due diligence versus, you know, just instead, you just leaned on the person who brought it to you and said, okay, they know what they're talking about. I'm just going to, I'm just going to believe them and trust them. Trust, but verify. It's the biggest thing, right? The example I tell people is I graduated, there was 58 people in my dental school class and they're all dentists. And I would let maybe four or five of them work on me. There's a lot of syndicators out there. And again, it was just a handful that I would work with to, to make, to, to talk about the point that you were talking about They're they're coming out of the woodworks, you know, yeah. there was a deal that we made an offer on in Arlington in November of 2020 that maybe five to six people would typically make an offer on there was 37 and they paid over a million dollars over the asking price. And there's just no way to make that work for the investors. So good luck with that. You know, so you, you yeah. gotta really know who you're dealing with and um, verify. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what, um, so with debt-free DR, thank you for making that, um, Clarification, because I said debt-free doctor when I read it earlier. So debt-free DR, what I, all I kind tried of to get? I tried to get debt-free doctor.com, but it was taken, so I had to go with the <laughs> the with the DR. I, I like it. I like it. It's uh, I like shorter domains for some reason. I I don't know why. Um, I I always I laugh when people send these really long domain names, you know, or whatnot, and um. It's almost as comical as people still having AOL uh, email addresses, which I don't know why anybody. I, and I was talking to this, uh, talking about that with my wife the other day. And I was like, I wonder if you can go and even sign up for an AOL account. And you can, you can still go and sign up for an AOL account. So I don't know, maybe I'll go get W2 capitalist at AOL.com and uh, start using that for stuff. Nice. Um, but what kind of things do you teach? Uh, high earning professionals, specifically doctors about, you know, real estate investing. And I, I've kind of feel like you, you have a big challenge on your hands because most doctors, uh, you know, 
they're doctors and I don't mean this in a wrong, in a bad way. It's going to come out bad, but they're like, I'm a doctor. What can you possibly teach me? I am a brilliant doctor. I went to school. I passed. I saved lives. I make people's smiles look pretty. You can't do that. What could you possibly teach me? Right. I'm a doctor. You being their peer, I feel like you probably have a little bit more uh, pull with saying, look, I'm a doctor too, but let me tell you why I'm not working as hard as you are. And I'm still, and I'm making more money. Right. What are, what are some of the things you teach the doctors that visit your side on, on how to win back their time or earn back their time, so to speak? Hey guys, I want to take a break from the interview with Dr. Anzalo and let you know about the W2 Capitalist Mastermind. This is a virtual mastermind that's been around for, we're coming up on the three year anniversary from our very first virtual call. Some may say we were Zooming before it was cool. I I actually say that because that's a corny dad joke that I actually will say. Anyway, uh, stick around. I've done something special today. Actually, when Dr. Anzalo and I got finished talking, uh, doing the interview for the podcast, he inquired about the mastermind. So in today's episode, I'm doing something I've never done before and basically having an after show like it's an after party. not really an after party. It's an after show where he and I talk about how to join the mastermind, what the mastermind is involved. And he actually joined uh, not too long after we recorded this. And he's an active member of the W2 Capitalist Mastermind. So stick around to the very end for that. But for now, let's get back to Dr. Jeff Anzalo. It amazes me every week. I have these converse, phone conversations with these people. I don't know them from Adam. And they just start <laughs> telling me, well, you know, I have $2 million in this. I make $400,000 a year. I mean, just, and they're just like divulging all this information. And I'm, it's just, okay, man, you don't, you don't know me, but, oh, you know, I've been reading your articles and this and that. And, and in a way it's, it's scary because you, I could be some, you know, 18 year old YouTuber up in, up in the Northeast that's uh, scamming people, you know, you just, you just don't know, but yeah. Um, but on the other hand, people are really putting a lot of trust in me and what I say and you as well with your podcast. So, um, you know, as as we learn in Proverbs, a person's name and reputation is worth a whole lot more than money. So yeah. I, I really that's how I wanted to set up my site to be. I could shut my site down today and, you know, I'm still making money. That's not a big deal. But I wanted to do it to teach people that have been burned like me, you know, ethically what and who you should invest with. And basically it's kind of just kind of like open up my life. Like, Hey, this is what I'm learning. This is what I'm investing in. If you want to learn about it and you want to invest what I'm investing in, I'm not forcing you, but here you go. Here it is. If here not, is. great. If That's not, fine too. Right. <laughs> if you want to stay broke and work 80 hours a week. Hey. Yeah. And, and that is one of the big um, pieces about being a doctor is that, you know, typically you, you have less of a, uh, and, and I, I joke at the phrase, but just so everybody understands what I'm talking about, a work-life balance, right? Because you are putting so much hours in at work uh, and depending on your specialty, you may be doing a lot more than that. Um, I, I'm going to go back to the comment you said a minute ago about you graduated with 50 uh, of your now colleagues and there's only about a handful that you would actually let them work on your mouth. I, I think that's incredible. And I think every industry, every job, there's, there's uh, things of that same nature. It's just, how do you 
what are some tips that you use or some things that you use to make sure when a new syndicator approaches you or somebody approaches you about investing in a deal, how are you evaluating them? What are, what are some of the tips that you use to, to get to know them? It's, it's funny because I had two people that I didn't even know email me yesterday out of the blue. Hey, I've got these deals. Do you want to help me raise capital for us? Like, <laughs> so you have to be, I tell people to be really careful about who brings you the deal and why are they bringing you the deal? Yeah. And a lot of times it's because they're getting a cut out of it and they're not putting any skin in the game. So yeah. that's, that's really important to do that. But um, I like to, to get to know them for about a year. And then if I get to know them, invest with them, and then see, start to look to see if their returns are, you know, what, what they're projecting. I don't remember which podcast I listened to one time, but there was this guy and he, um, it was the W2 capitalist podcast. Of course. (laughs) Could have been. been. So when I tell you this story, maybe you can, if it was you or not, but (laughs) he was the wealth manager, personal wealth manager for like a billionaire for their, for their family. Okay. And he approached this guy was a syndicator. He was looking to do, see what kind of deals they had and and what do you have to offer my client or whatever. And again, this, this guy only worked for this family. That's it. So he, he explained everything to him and he said, okay, you want to invest? He said, um, he wrote down several of the projects that, that he was doing and some of the ones that he had previously done. He said, okay, well, I'll get back in touch with you in about four or five years. That was how he did his due diligence. That's pretty strong. You know, Hey, yeah. Here, here's some self storage we're doing. Here's the expected returns. I'll see you in four or five years and we'll see what happens. So that could be an extreme, but, but, you know, sometimes people don't want to wait four or five years, but I would at least wait a little bit or at least ask people don't just go with who they recommend. Oh yeah. You need to talk to Joe Smith in, in Texas. Well, I'm sure Joe Smith is, probably one of his biggest investors. So you want to, <laughs> you want to start, you know, listening and, 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 you know, try to network as best you can, but you know what, it, it's all going to come down to at some point you're going to have to invest if that's what you want to do. And at some point you got to put your trust in people. Just like if you get a, if your wife gets mad at you and she throws a frying pan at you and knocks your tooth out, you got to put a trust in a periodontist to stick an implant in. And you may not have time to do your due diligence, you know, but, you know, I think people are really good about typically reading other people, which I've gotten a whole lot better at that now, you know, and if you have a gut feeling like, you know what, something just doesn't sound right. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. There is, um, there's a lot of studies coming out or not a lot. I heard this on, um, I was listening to uh, limitless by Jim quick. Um, and he's talking about there's studies that come out now uh, and how your your brain and your gut are connected. And when when you hear people say, trust your gut and you feel like you have this gut feeling. Right. And you're like, oh, man, I, my gut's telling me this. My brain's telling me this. They're actually wired together. There are studies that are coming out that that gut feeling that you have is actually produced by something in your brain. And so, you, you know, it's all kind of connected, which I've had um, Dr. Gleb Tuspersky on. He's a risk uh, mitigation guy. And, and he says the opposite. Don't don't invest with your gut. But now this research is coming out saying 
you, you probably should. I think there's merits of both. I, I kind of mm-hmm. see where both people are coming from uh, both sides and why they work, but I'm with you. Um, the only time I've lost money or potentially lost money is because I went against that gut feeling, right? I got excited about a new deal, a new opportunity. And instead of listening to my gut, I said, went forward with it. So that's, uh, definitely some good, some good advice. I, I have not, my, my rule is, is uh, six months, right? So if I don't, if I haven't known you for six months and this, and I actually have these conversations quite often, probably once a month, I'll get a email or a phone call, people reaching out, just like they reach out to you and say, Hey, I've got this deal. I need help fundraising. I'm like, I don't know you. This is the first time we've talked. I don't, I don't know who you are, what you're about. And uh, I said, you know, I'll tell them my rule is I, I've got to know you for at least six months. And that does not mean that we have this phone call today. And in the six months we have our second phone call. That's not what that means. Six months is basically, I, I need to get to know you over a certain period of time. Right. So I, I like the churches a year. I may extend mine to a year as well. Um, because I think that that has saved me so so much because people aren't willing to wait. Right. And they kind of get in this, I don't know, buffer or whatever. And, uh, they're just, they just don't want to wait. So that's, that's good. I like the year four to five years though. That's, that's interesting. I have not heard that before. Um, did we talk about your portfolio? We did not talk about your portfolio. You mind talking about that and what you're, what all you're involved in now? Yeah. I don't have a problem. Let's do it. So, so, Dr. Jeff, with everything that, you know, you started out with crowdfunding, you lost $50,000, you took a year and a half off to do study and do some more research. And then you came back and you started investing more, right? So that was what, 2018-ish? Yes. Yes. Uh, So from 2017. Okay. So from there until now, what have you been keeping busy uh, building your portfolio? What have you been, what have you been, who, not necessarily who you've been partnering with, but what kind of properties and projects have you been investing in? The majority, I would say, and again, it goes, goes back to my goals. And um, we have two teenagers and I want something that's a little more conservative, which as you know, that's going to be less of return potential. But, you know, I want something that's right. occupied, has a proven track record, it's cash flowing. I was approached two years ago by a local investor here in Louisiana. They were building a, at that time, I don't think there was any out there, Surge Entertainment Center backed okay. by Drew Brees. Okay. So, and I told him, I said, you know, Drew has a whole lot more money that he could lose versus Jeff. So, uh, <laughs> I think it was a dollars $150,000 minimum. And I decided to pass, but it was, and, and it's actually doing pretty good now, especially with everybody wanting to to do something. But bowling alley, uh, high end bowling alleys, you know, rope course, arcades, uh, sim- sports simulators, really good food. And but it was new construction, wasn't a proof of concept. So I just mm. looked at my goals and said, hey, you know, that's that's not for me. So I'm more in the uh, value add multifamily. That's kind of what I'm comfortable with. B class um, has, and I guess maybe because I've stayed in so many apartments, lived in so many apartments like that, 
you know, and that are built in the seventies and eighties that are outdated, you know, you could just easily go in and do that. But this year I am looking into getting into the self-storage space and also another asset class that I think is going to be really, really big, like really big that most people aren't talking about. And I actually have been doing some research on an article and there's hardly any information out there. And that would be hotel investing Mm. Um, from, you know, traveling to the beach. As I told you last week, I've been to Dallas uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, Hotels are packed. Restaurants are packed, you know, depending on what area of the country that you're in, people are getting more comfortable. Um, The ICUs in my area, there's no COVID cases. So, I just think, and I know for a fact that a lot of these companies that big companies that have hotels all across the country, well, they got hammered last year Yeah, and they are looking for capital and they are selling, um, uh, selling several of their hotels at like a yard sale. So I, I think that's 2021. I think the opportunity is, uh, hotel and you could do it the same way as syndication. So I'm, I'm, I'm educating myself. I'm, I'm really looking into those real hard. Yeah. I, I hear a lot of people looking into that and, and I'm like, I, man, I don't know anything about short-term rental, let alone a hotel. What are some of the resources you're using to educate yourself on, on hotels? It's not short-term rental. It's, it's based, it's, you, you know, it's basically set up just like a, a syndication, you know, a four to five year hold, you get your distributions and then they turn around and then they'll sell it. So yeah. Yeah. So when, when I'm saying short-term rental, I'm thinking about when the tenant comes in, you know, they're either going to go to Airbnb or they're going to go to a hotel one of the two. I don't know. I don't know anything about how to underwrite an Airbnb property or a hotel. hotel. You know what I mean? So what are, what are some of the resources that you've used to, to educate yourself on investing in hotels and how to underwrite and, and all of that stuff? Well, I've started with people that know a lot more than me. And those are syndicators that have experience in hotels and they have hotels and they're are doing well now. And they, they have been educating me a lot. And, and I didn't realize this, you know, when you go to a hotel, I'm just thinking you stay three or four nights and you know, you have, you pay your rate or whatever, and that's how the hotel survives. They're like, no, that's not, that's a very small percentage <laughs> of their, uh, profit, the majority that they make their money on is if they can bring in these groups, have conventions, have meetings, have weddings, those are the ones that you want to invest in. And then, and then there's areas around the hotel that can support that. Never gotcha. thought about that. But gotcha. the one that they're in in Charlotte, 80 to 85% of their revenue comes from those types of events. So the 15, wow. you know, 10, 15% is just the everyday weekend traveler. So that's, wow. you know, I didn't know that. So it's exciting to learn, you know, about something new, whether I invest in them or not, you know, we'll see. But from, from what I'm hearing and, you know, from different resources, podcasts, people that have done it, it looks like uh, this is where the opportunity could be. So is, is the returns on hotels? Um, let me back up. Let me ask that a different way. Why transition? Why transition from what you've done in the past uh, to hotels? Well, I don't know about what you've seen, but the, it seems to me like the, the multifamily right now is just, there's hardly anything out there available. 
it's a- it is completely saturated. It's, you know, I, I had a deal or I'm going to, I'm going to stop saying deal. They're not deals. They're opportunities, right? They're opportunity for the guy selling it to make a shit ton of money and me look like an idiot. If I go after it, there was an opportunity that came into my inbox. Um, in one of the first four lines was, it was a four cap, uh, in, in a sub market in Alabama. And I'm like, I'm not even going to waste my time looking at this. I love the city that it's in. Uh, it's not far from here. Yeah, I'll go. I, I'm deleting it. I'm not even going to waste my time on it. And somebody will get it for I mean, they, they'll pay that, right? And it's going to be somebody who thinks they know that they, they're coming. Oh, we can increase rents by blah, blah, blah. Maybe they can, but I, I have some doubt about all that. So, uh, yeah, the, the market, multifamily market is completely completely saturated. Uh, and that's, lot- the, that's the answer that's to your, your answer. question. That's why yeah. I'm looking elsewhere and I may not invest in anything. I'm, I'm going to wait. I'm patient. I don't, I don't yeah. have to do it. I just, you know, I've got, um, money that come, you know, I've got all these different accounts and money comes out every week to go into a travel account, to a car account for kids, to real estate account. And I just let it pile up along with all the other distributions and as it grows and I'm looking and I'm not going to buy and pull the trigger until I find yeah. something. Yeah. There's a, I need to connect you with, there's a lady in my mastermind um, who does self storage. Uh, she's about to close on her very first deal uh, in a couple of weeks. But um, when I, if I were to say she is the most thorough underwriter I've ever seen in any asset class, I would not be I would not be doing her justice because of how tedious she does. Uh, she works through these things. So I definitely want to connect you guys. Um, I think it'd be a good resource for y'all to bounce each other off. I don't know anything about self storage. I've, I've this asset class I'm interested in as well, but I, you know, one of my, uh, mentors early on, I asked him about it and he turned me off because he said that, you know, basically, your tenants are not going to stay that long, right? You're dealing with month to month. You're going to have a huge turnover. Are you ready to manage all that? And when he said it at the time, it made sense. And, but now I'm talking to Masha, who's, who's the lady I was talking about. And she was like, Oh no, your average tenant is much, much longer than that. And I'm sitting here thinking, yeah, we've had it. We personally have had a storage unit for seven, eight years, you know, and we may go visit it once or twice a year. I, I, just, I just finished an article about it today and, and the research yeah. is average is three years. Three years. Yeah. We're above average. We like to be above average here at the Helms house, <laughs> but yeah, it's three years. And, and where my mentor early on said, Hey, you know, you're going to have a lot of turnover. There's a lot that goes into managing it. It's quite actually the opposite. So yeah, it's three years is, is the norm. So that's one of the things that I like as well. I think between that and, um, mobile home parks, uh, or some two asset classes that I would like to see, um, when the multifamily funnel dries up. Right. Uh, or I get tired of hearing, seeing these four caps come in. I'll tell you where the four cap was, it was in Foley. Yeah. You know where Foley is. Yeah. Just rode through there last week. Foley is not a four cap market (laughs) and it was not a new build. Like it was value add at a four cap. I'm like, this is stupid. Who's yeah. putting this stuff together? Like who's, who's, uh, well, 
I, I shouldn't blame the people who are putting it together. Who's buying this? Like, you know, you talked about the Maybe frying pan. Somebody that's going through there on a vacation. <laughs> they look over and go, this would be a great place to invest. Yeah. I <laughs> uh, can't blame them. It, it would be. It's, uh, I like Foley uh, for sure, but not at a forecap. Not, not at all. Uh, well, Dr. Jeff, I've enjoyed talking with you. I would like to move to our, uh, it's called the off the wall section of the podcast where I'm going to ask you three random questions. Um, none of these are about real estate investing. One of them is about medical stuff. Anyway, let's get into it. Are you ready for this? Let's go. All right. So number one, what is something children of today are not doing enough of? You've got a couple of teenagers. I've got some that are, I can't believe we haven't heard them uh, during this podcast, but uh, you know, I've got a few myself, but what are some of the things, what is something children of today are not doing enough of? That's easy. Being kids. Like <laughs> That's good. Going outside, good. hanging out with friends, you know, uh, disconnecting. Cause you know, we growing up, we didn't have any of that stuff. It was just like, get on your bike and roll. So yeah. Yeah. I was, I was thinking, I always like to think how I would answer these. Uh, going outside was going to be my answer, uh, that we don't get our kids outside enough. Um, something I need to work on for this year. Actually, I need to put some goals around that myself. Mm-hmm. All right. Question number two, where is one place you hope to visit before you die? I would like to, I would like to go over and tour, uh, the promised land, you know, tour where okay. Jesus walked and, and all that. And that, that would be really cool to to see that. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. That would be, um, that would be interesting for sure. Okay. Third question. This is the medical question, right? Would you rather be an experimental patient for, I'm going to butcher this chirogenics or for human cloning, which one would you rather be an uh, experimental patient for? Well, because I don't know what chirogenics is. Is it cryogenic? There you go. I I miss okay. I, <laughs> I misspelled it when I typed it out. <laughs> oh, I think I said earlier English language. While it's my first, it's not my best. Uh, cryogenics. Yeah, you want to be frozen or do you want to be cloned? What would you rather be be done? Um, I think the world could probably use another. Another me, so long. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bring your wife in. Let's ask her the same question. <laughs> Freeze him right now and shut the lid on the on the deep freezer. <laughs> oh, that's incredible! All right, Doctor Jeff, uh, people can find you at uh, debtfreedr.com, uh, where they can learn how you know. I'm gonna I'm gonna start over. That was about to begin bad. So Dan cut that out. <laughs> Dan's my uh, editor, by the way. Um, let me, let me start that over. All right. I got this. I don't know if you can see it or not, but that's a little free. Is this, is this backwards? No, it's right. It's just real tiny to, to okay. read, but it's a debt free dr.com forward slash free guide. If you okay. want to say that, and that's a passive income guide. Okay. Uh, so Dr. Jeff, thank you for being on the show today. You can be found at debtfreedr.com. You've got a link you want to share with folks. I'll let you share that link and then uh, tell us what's the best way to get in touch with you. If somebody wants to reach out. Uh, they could email me Jeff J F F at debtfreedr.com, or I've put together a passive income guide, how to get started in creating multiple streams of income at debtfreedr.com. 
com forward slash free guide. And I'll make note, um, a link in that in the show notes as well. And I'm so glad you went through that because I figured that was a pitch you've given a couple of times and it'd be a lot better than <laughs> me trying to do it. So uh, thank you very much again. Let me write this down where I forget. Uh, debtfreedr.com slash free guide. Awesome. Dr. Jeff, thank you very much for your time here. Um, I look forward to connecting with you again in the future. It's, uh, especially when you guys come back down to Perdido Key, maybe next time. I think was it Easter weekend? Was that last weekend when you guys were, we had family in town. It was not gonna, not gonna work out, but, um, maybe next, next time you guys are in, um, we'll be in the summer. Apparently I know, uh, you don't like the hot weather. So you guys maybe go in the mountains, but next time you come in, let me know. We'll work something out for sure. Definitely. All right, guys, that's a wrap with our conversation with Dr. Angelo. So next up, I typically give you the next steps. I encourage you to go take, whether it be go follow our guest on their social media platform or do something that is going to progress your real estate investing journey. But today I'm going to queue up the after show where Dr. Anslow and I talk about what's involved and how much it costs to join the W2 Capitalist Mastermind. Here we go. Information about your mastermind on your site. I do. Okay. I do. Uh, W2Capitalist.com forward slash mastermind. Um, I can tell you a little bit about it. And then um, we have... Right now we've got about uh, 60 members. Uh, we it's all virtual or do you it's mean? all virtual. Yeah, it's all virtual. Now later this year in October, we're going to have our first in-person meetup. We're going to have it in uh Sandestin, which is that way <laughs> from where I'm sitting. We're going to have it there as first ever. It's basically, we'll come in on a Friday night. We'll, we'll spend a, a day in the conference room, you know, on Saturday and whatnot, but it's only the have, event. Are you gonna have like any outside speakers or just, no, it's, it's just, a, it's just members of the mastermind and, and we're going to open it up to where if they have somebody they want to bring with them, they can bring somebody with them. Right. Um, but no speakers, it, we're just, we're going to do a deep dive, uh, kind of business planning session for 2022. I've had the mastermind together for, uh, it'll be three years in November. We've never had an in-person event, although most of the members have made it a point in time to to meet one another in person. I've met maybe, I don't know, 20% of them, but you know, it's going to be good. It's going to be fun. It's going to be very educational and very challenging for sure. But the mastermind, so we, it's very much like uh, this on Zoom. We have over 20 sessions a month that happen at various times for various different niches. And um, when you join, you get to attend them all, right? I mean, you, you know, you join one, you join them all. Um, we do want you to establish a home base, right? Which basically means, let's say, you know, we have a, a, a call on Wednesday at lunchtime, right? 11 central. And let's say that was your call. When you get on that call, we're going to ask you uh, three things. Number one, how did you do on the accountability items you said you wanted to get done from last week to this week? Number two, what can we hold you accountable for this week to next week? And the third thing is, what was your biggest win since the last time we were here? Because identifying those big wins is just one of those things where it's amazing, where people are like, well, I didn't have anything big happen this week. And then we'll start talking and we'll unpeel that onion and kind of get into it a little bit. And like, oh, wait, this happened. And they totally forgot this really cool, awesome thing happened. So we'll... 
that, you know, just helps them realize that. But one of the things in the mastermind, and we have all experience uh, levels in there from aspiring to, you know, 2000 doors in their portfolio is that when somebody asks a question and that's your time, you know, when you're on the hot seat to ask your questions, when somebody asks a question, you can only answer based off of your experience. It cannot be, I read this in a blog. I heard this on a podcast. It has to be based on your experience. So it, uh, it's, it's a really good group. It's, um, growing every week. We're adding, um, a couple of new members every month. What was so the charge? It's one fifty a month. 150. Yes, sir. That's it. That's it. <laughs> I hear that a lot. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. I've been, I've been looking to, I used to be part of a, like a dental group. I coached some, some dentists, not on real estate, but just on marketing and practice management, stuff like that. But we would have a, a mastermind. They had a mastermind that we would go to in person twice a year. So I got to see how they structure it. So I'm, I, I want to be a part of one, but I also want to eventually create one, but I like yeah. to experience different ones. To, to see and take some what I like and what I don't like about them. And that's the best way to do it. Um, the way, and that's very similar how I created the W2 capitalist is I was part of a mastermind. I like the look and feel, Hey, I can do this. I just need to change the focus to this. And, uh, I'm in a new one now that uh, I'm getting some ideas and, and it, the whole thing just has kind of evolved over, over time. And, how we meet, when we meet, what we do on the meetings. So yeah. it's, it's, it's a good process. So if you're interested, man, I mean, there's, we, we have a call on Thursday nights um, and we were going around the virtual room last night and I was like, wait a minute, there was nine people on the call. And I said, let me, let me just get this straight. There are six closings happening in the month of April all coming from this call. I was like, there's one guy on Tuesday night who has a closing on Thursday uh, on in the month of April too. I said, so we have seven closings in the month of April between uh, eight people. Yeah. Cause there are a couple of them partnered on, on, a, on a particular deal. I was like, all right, there you go. That's pretty freaking awesome. <laughs> so there's, there's some movers and shakers in there. And uh, the good thing is that, you know, we, we talk about it being our, uh, our family because a lot of them start out like me, you know, their family doesn't get it. They they're like, why are you investing in real estate? That's too risky, blah, blah, blah. I'm trying to convince my parents to partner on a deal. They won't do it. Uh, you know, so a lot of them come in and say, well, this is my REI family. And uh, we all want to see each other succeed. So it's, it's good. Come check us out. Let, let me know if you're interested in joining. Yeah, I will. Uh, I just s- submitted the link. Okay, cool. Cool. Well, you'll get in, in, the in the process and you'll probably get some email automated stuff coming to you and that sort of thing. So, uh, if you have any trouble with it or not, let me know. And, uh, thank you again for your time. I've got to get going. I'm late for my next call. So I got to get going. (laughs) No, no worries. You know, anytime the conversation is really good, I, I lose track of time, uh, for sure. So I will, uh, I'll let you know when this comes out, I'll send you all the links and stuff. Uh, But Dr. Jeff, thank you for your time today. And I'll look forward to talking to you very soon.